When things change inside of you, they change around you. Hello. So what are you thinking? You're listening to the Healthy Mind, Healthy Self Show. I'm your host, Martha Alvarez, psychotherapist and life coach. And this is a place for you to explore your thoughts, emotions, and behaviors so that you can make more mindful choices, achieve those things that you so desire. So tune in and enjoy. Hey there, thanks for joining me. It is episode 23 of the Healthy Mind, Healthy Self Show. I'm your host, Martha, and today I'm talking about resistance to change. I talk about resistance to change because most people are wanting to change something at any given time. So changing something usually stems from wanting to have something better, a positive place, better for ourselves, better for others, better for the environment. I mean, change is defined as doing something new or differently. And usually the effects will yield to be better or worse. Usually it just doesn't stay the same. So today I'm going to share some thoughts about change, why it happens or why it doesn't happen and what to do about it. So let's dive in. When we talk about change, we can talk about it on any level. As a personal level, you may want to change something physically about yourself. That's like when people go on diets or start working out, they want to change their body, let's say. You may want to change something materially, your house, your car, your bank account. You may want to change your job. You may want change in your relationship with your kids, with your family, with your spouse, with your boyfriend, girlfriend, or you may want to change a feeling but certainly you can change anything. You can change the way you run an organization. You can change concepts and how people relate on a collective level, worldviews, thoughts, ideas. And basically every time we talk about change, we are also talking about different beliefs. We're talking about facts. We're talking about emotions, feelings. So change doesn't just come alone. It gets complicated. That's why I thought today's episode would be a good one. Anyhow, when we talk about change, like I said, the the basic, you know, stance on change, either you're very excited about it, you're looking forward to it, uh, you're optimistic about it, or you may be feeling uncertain and fearful, and maybe you have a lot of anxiety, which may cause resistance. And resistance is basically the state of mind that reflects your unwillingness or your unreceptiveness to change in the way you think or that you behave. And it manifests behaviorally in two ways, either in active opposition or in avoidance. So when you are resisting something, you're either avoiding it or you're trying to escape it or you're, you know, actively voicing out that you're not on board with it. And and I got to say that, keep in mind that the absence of resistance doesn't mean that someone's willing to change. Other things may need to happen prior to that. So just because you're not really resistance doesn't mean that you're willing to change. Sometimes it does, though. 
So specifically, a person's beliefs and your values, they have to align with the thing that you want to change. So let's keep in mind that behaviors are basically manifestations of internal mindset issues. How you're thinking guides your behaviors. Basically, the behaviors are the symptoms while the mindset issues are the causes. And I have to weave into this conversation about facts because facts are objective realities that can be proven by evidence, whereas beliefs are subjective. They're assumptions, conclusions, predictions. They are not facts. And then there's values. And your values is your conception of what's important to you. And all of these things have to do with whether you're going to change or not, your willingness or unwillingness, what's stopping you, where you're stuck. And, um, you know, it's important to break it down into all these different categories. Because one of the things that I see the most is that people are resistant to change or just are not fully in because of their beliefs. And, and they state their beliefs as if they were facts. But I mean, I understand that because they represent a meaning, a personal schema to the person. It's the way that you understand yourself. You understand other people. You understand the world around you. Those are your beliefs. So your beliefs actually become your reality. That's when fact-checking actually really is useful and making sure that you understand whether it's a fact or a belief. But then there's another layer, and that's your emotions, your feelings, because without them, we could think, but we'd act like robots. So facts are neutral. They don't evoke feelings. Beliefs evoke feelings. We need feelings because we're human. We have feelings. And you got to check your feelings in order for the change to um, be effective, or at least to start to, you know, figure out what it is exactly you want to change. And then you got to look at your behaviors. And that's usually what gets in the way of successful change is your behavior. And there's many different types of behaviors. There's two types that I want to bring to your attention. One of them is active behaviors of uh, not changing, you know, things like arguing or you know, being critical or blaming, sabotaging, manipulating, all that kind of stuff. And then there's passive behaviors that interfere with change. That's uh, when you agree with something, but then you don't follow through or you procrastinate or you withhold and you just basically fail to implement change. And you see this all the time within organizations, within families, within relationships, and even within yourself. Think about last time you wanted to lose a few pounds. And, um, you know, first it has to start with the belief that you want to lose a few pounds. That's a useful belief. And you figure out the why. But then let's say you um, keep eating the same food or you don't exercise or you don't create the same habit every day. Well, losing that weight is going to be very difficult. Same thing if you're trying to um, mend a relationship, but you keep arguing and blaming or withholding, then the change is not going to occur. So this has to do a lot with awareness. So we're talking about beliefs, we're talking about behaviors, we're talking about emotions, we're talking about values. All of it is necessary in order to create the change that you're wanting. I mean, it's necessary if you're stuck. I mean, if you're not stuck and you're doing all those things and you're doing them and then it's just okay. 
but people are complicated and they get stuck. So what are some of the reasons people fail to change even when they want to? I think uh, one of the first reasons is, um, you know, their habits and habits serve as a means of security, of comfort, of certainty. You get used to doing some things and that's just the way you do it. Breaking that habit would be one of the first things responding to somebody in a certain way, choosing that different um, food item, maybe just showing up for the gym, perhaps, um, you know, applying for the new job, you know, just starting to create new habits. Second thing is, um, you know, this concept of if it's not broken, don't fix it, that a lot of people carry around. And basically what that says is it's not necessary. So if you want to change something and you don't think it's necessary, then chances are it's not going to change. So that's another reason why sometimes people are stuck and don't do what they need to do in order for the change to occur. And then there's inconvenience. Maybe there's an inconvenience with your time. It's going to take up more time, more effort. Uh, Perhaps the inconvenience is setting up new patterns, new thoughts, new habits, When you're inconvenienced, things tend to be harder. Maybe you're not willing, you know, to go through something a little bit more difficult right now. And then there's threat. And and when people are threatened, usually that, you know, a lot of things that that you want to change evoke that feeling of fear. And then you get defensive about it because you feel threatened. And you might feel threatened also because you might think that It represents some type of loss. Maybe it's a loss in your identity or a loss in your freedom. And, you know, you see that a lot with um, relationships, for example, people that just don't get along and probably need to create some kind of change in their relationship and don't, perhaps because of what society will think or the image they have as a family or their kids or some external forces. Sometimes loss of uh, freedom can be, you know, again, having to do with your time or your your ability that you think is being threatened to follow your passion. Maybe um, you identify with uh, time's not on your side, you're getting too old to, you know, I don't have time to change. And then maybe there's dependency issues, which have to do with trust. And that kind of uh, chips away at your sense of loss. There's always that question of what's in it for me. If there's no game, gain to what I want to change, then why do I want to do it? That's when you're basically self-serving. Hopefully there's not a lot of that going on in your world because I do believe in contribution. And when we look about, we look at change, we need to like expand the lens and note that when you change something, it causes a rippling effect. It's not all about you. Even if you get the immediate gains, it causes a ripple effect in your family, in your community, in the world even maybe. So creating that space within your reasoning is, I feel, important. Another reason why people have a hard time with change may be with um, security, the comfort. Security and comfort in your past and how you know things kind of piggybacks on the habit, but that elicits the fear also. Some people just feel very secure in dealing with some pain 
And they'd rather deal with that because that's how it's been for them in the past than venturing out into the great unknown, which is really one of the other bigger reasons why people fail to change. And when you're fearing the unknown, it's usually because you're predicting negative outcomes, thinking of worst case scenarios. Perhaps you're not too sure of yourself. That also has to do with your perception. And um, as humans, we do create biased perceptions and we're influenced by others. And we carry around a narrative of your life, your story. And you tend to process information selectively to support your narrative, your point of view. So that could be getting in the way of your change. Sometimes change comes with an economic influence. Uh, let's say when you trying to get another job, or maybe you have to accept a job that's paying you less money, a pay cut, that's difficult. Or perhaps when you're trying to um, make a change that's going to give you more money, let's say, that comes with more responsibility, more time, that could also hinder the change process. Because remember, all these things evoke emotions and feelings, and usually they're the same kind of ones that you've been hanging out with for a long time now. They start somewhere along the line earlier in life, and you just keep on stacking on evidence as to, you know, that's why it is the way it is for you in your life. And you come up with all these reasons that they sound like they're real. But again, they're all beliefs, usually limiting beliefs. So one of the things that I want you to be aware of is that most people walking out there are underestimating the influence that change can bring. You may not think that it will be substantial based on the cost of what it is that it's going to take for you to create that change. You can't see it yet. You may not believe it yet. You may not be sure that it's worth it. And that's kind of where the process begins. Because if you start off with the idea that you're going to fail, then chances are that you are. If you start with the idea that it's going to be easy and it's not, then automatically you convince yourself that that was not a good change. If it's inconsistent with your values, with what's important to you, chances are it's not going to work. It will not have the staying power. So how do you begin to actually create change. Step one is to get clear on what needs to change and the why. Define the change. When I ask you to get clear on the what, I'm talking about specific behaviors and thinking patterns. What is it that you need to change? What behavior is not supporting it or would support it? What are your thoughts about that? And why? Why is it important? What are your values, your morals revolving around this change for you, for your family, for someone else? I mean, if you're going to change things for someone else, we don't want you to be resentful or bitter. Because remember, there's that question of what's in it for me. So you got to ask that question. Is it for me? Is it for somebody else? Is it because I care deeply about this family, this organization, my health? 
So the first part again is getting clear on what needs to change and the why. And then you determine the cause of your resistance. Why am I not just, you know, leaning into this and taking it full on and doing what's necessary, even if it's uncomfortable? I mean, it doesn't make sense. If, you, if your values support it and if your beliefs support it, you'd think you'd be able to change, right? But the thing is that most people give up. And when it gets difficult, they opt out. Happens all the time. Happens when you're tired, overwhelmed, when things just don't go as planned. Maybe you're not having the support, the co- the, the cooperation. So you start believing something else, changing your mindset, throwing away what you wanted to change and just taking another course. And then guess what? You're probably still very unhappy. Remember that change takes time. So you also want to ask yourself, is the change that I'm after a temporary change or a long-term change? Because since change takes time, there's going to be steps. And sometimes the steps, you, you kind of take a step backwards and then in order to go two steps forward. And that's okay. I'm letting you know that setting up your expectations is really important when we're dealing with change. You don't want to beat yourself up over it. You don't want to go back into blame and accuse mode. You don't want to talk yourself out of it. If you're trying to change something that's a longer term scenario, know that, you know, all sorts of things are going to happen in between. But you're going to just keep taking those positive behaviors and those positive thought processes to support you in your long-term change. And then if you're trying to do something that's a temporary change, just keep telling yourself this is only temporary and that'll help you get through it. All right. Another question, um, another um, way to deal with change is to ask yourself the question as of, does the risk outweigh the benefits? What will happen if I change? And what will happen if I don't change the situation? And, you know, you got to ask both questions. And that might piggyback right on the values. Because sometimes when you don't change short term, nothing really is going to happen. But in the long term, something big is going to happen. Example, you don't change your unhealthy Food habits, guess what? Long-term, it's going to catch up to you. Your health is going to be compromised. You don't change your um, relationship communication style. Guess what? It's going to end up in, you know, dissolving that relationship or having a less than optimal relationship. You're not going to feel good. So I want you to think of how you believe about these benefits. And this is on a continuum. So the risk, is it low or is it high? Imagine a number line and where would you put yourself on the number line of low perceived risk versus high perceived risk and check your facts to make the decision. It's kind of like making a cost benefit analysis. Is the risk outweighing the benefits and the risk? I mean, you know, the work I have to do or whatever I have to put into it. Is it too much and I'm getting little in return or is it that I'm putting all this in and it's going to be rough, but wow, I'm getting a lot in return. A lot meaning a lot of what is important to me. 
It lines up with my values, with my beliefs, with how I envision living life. You got to check that out. And then another question you may want to ask yourself is, do I have the ability to make the change? The knowledge, the skills, the confidence, the resources. And knowledge and skills, that is definitely about ability. But confidence, that's perceived ability. That is an inside job on what you've been telling yourself of whether it can happen or not. And resources, resources may be like time, money, support, communication, staff. You can usually figure that stuff out. So again, you got to get clear on what you're thinking, how you're setting yourself up for this change. And once you do all that and you ask yourself those questions, you start and you develop a strategy. You verify the facts, your desires, your beliefs. You check in with your feelings because they're going to come up. And when they're negative feelings, you want to acknowledge them and be willing to let them pass through you, knowing that they're temporary. You got to sit with being uncomfortable many times in the process until you get to where you're going. And that's okay because, again, that is temporary, but we're going for something that's permanent. So, checking in with how you feel and how you're thinking and what you want. And this is not a one time thing. I mean, you continue to do this. So, you develop the strategy and then you evaluate the results of the strategy because, you know, you got to keep making adjustments. Remember, one step at a time, and you have to notice the good along the way because change is hard. And sometimes, you know, things aren't going to go your way and they're going to backfire. And you're going to have all this evidence of why you shouldn't have done that or why it's not going to work. Again, that's a story in your mind. So if you do these things and you learn how to rinse and repeat and you kind of do them again, you're going to be effective in realizing the change that you want. And I'm going to offer you my last tip. Instead of looking at it as change, perhaps you want to think about it as improving. Improving a relationship, improving my job satisfaction, improving my body. Somehow that word improving doesn't carry as much weight as change. Change sometimes can feel heavy. But again, it doesn't have to be if you break it down. So get clear and, um, you know, start somewhere. You don't have to like have this major giant change occur rapidly. Just decide on a daily to, you know, show up with a different attitude, an attitude of possibility, of willingness. Perhaps tweak your habits and keep working on it. And before you know it, you're going to be able to achieve the change that you desired. All right, my friends, I hope that was helpful for you. Until we meet again, think well and be well. I'll put some show notes on my site for you if you want to download a cheat sheet for uh, how to change. All right. Talk to you soon. One more thing. Thanks for listening to my Perfectly Imperfect show. Keep in mind that I'm sharing thoughts and experiences and the information on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health or medical professional. If you have a moment to leave a rating or a review, that would be great. 
It's a way of sharing so that more people can find the show and start making some small shifts. <laughs>